we are working as a team, like the decisions we make, we are part of a team. If I make a bad decision, we made the bad decision together. We take responsibility together. Hello and welcome to the Connect to Marriage podcast. I am Delia and I'm your host for this episode. In each episode of the Connect to podcast, we'll be tackling questions that couples ask about marriage, communication and conflict and so much more. We hope you will keep tuning in to learn with us as you grow closer, deeper and stronger in your marriage. Our topic today follows from last week's episode on understanding overreactions. Today, we will dive deeper into the art and science of managing our overreactions so that they don't get the better of us. In a 2022 survey of couples done by Focus on Family Singapore, 30% agreed or strongly agreed with the statement, it is difficult to share my deepest thoughts and feelings with my spouse. So last week, we learned more about understanding emotions and overreactions with our guests, Evans and Estelle. And this week, we are happy to have them back again to delve into the art and science of navigating and managing emotional storms in relationships. Welcome back, Evans and Estelle. Hi. Oh, hi again. Hi. hi again. <laughs> yeah, so last week we talked about uh, overreactions and how that looks like and we wanted to continue the conversation to explore practical strategies to foster healthier interactions with our spouse. So to start us off, what are your reactions to the survey findings that I have just shared? Not surprising, different people get married for different reasons. I personally won't marry someone if I couldn't share my deepest thoughts with them. I mean, I married my best friend Estelle, so obviously we had that strong friendship going before that we were able to share freely with one another before we decided to take the next step into dating and into marriage yeah everyone's marriage looks differently i mean i'm not surprised um, it could happen yeah i think it's like surprising but also like the more you look at it the more you're like hmm maybe i guess it makes sense because i remember one of his friends also mentioned how like she would have heart to heart with other people but she cannot connect on the same emotional level as her husband and we were so perplexed we were like huh (laughs) how does that work but i guess some people do maybe they see marriage differently or it could be that one either the wife or the husband is just not in touch with his emotions he's not in touch with issues you know he's just very happy to watch the television the wife says oh we need to discuss this then he's like it's not even an issue to him you know or he brushes it off yeah which could actually be a deeper issue about like Asian culture and how fathers are like non-emotional they just ask have you eaten you know and they provide a shelter and that's what love is and so I'm guessing there are some men that grow up just witnessing okay I guess that's what fatherhood is I guess that's what being a husband is you know just providing for the family but lacking that emotional like connection with their children with their wife and that's probably one Reason. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that mothers who also think that, oh yeah, I've cooked, I've cleaned, I've done everything, I've sent you for tuition, I've made you the brightest kid, without realising that, oh, like, there are a lot of maybe other things. Maybe the husband needs some quality time and the wife is like, no, but I'm, I'm making sure that your shirt is ironed, I'm making sure that the children are fed, like, I'm doing such love a great languages. job. Yeah, I think love languages <laughs> is one of the things. Yeah, but I also recall, like, in a previous episode, Estelle was alluding to how she has also witnessed or observed couples who have a build-up, not being able to talk or discuss their deepest feelings and emotions and as a result even though they may have started off on on a good note on a, in a marriage but maybe there's this sense of like estrangement or distancing yeah just being companions or just physically present in that room but not being emotionally connected or engaged with one another I just wonder you know how that might look like even with the impact it would have you know on children or the next generation and I wonder if that might also look like 
couples then entering marriages not knowing how to engage with their own emotions too because yeah. they've not seen it being modeled. Right. Yeah. So I do hear that or even as we encountered various instances through our own friends or maybe mm. in our own personal lives, as we reflect deeper, there is a high chance based on how we were brought up or the experiences we've encountered, our readiness to even get in touch with that innermost feelings and mm. the depths of our thoughts or maybe even as we alluded to triggers, right? Yeah. It actually points back to that sense of like, do we have that handles to even do yeah. it? And has it been modeled for us? I'm thankful that even as I heard your um, share your experiences in a previous episode, I do see that there are some handles that you've gotten a hand of. Maybe it could be imparted to you through your parents mm. or the mentors in your life. So let's unpack that a bit more for our listeners yep. today. Share with us, what were some things that helped you as an individual before you even stepped into marriage, right? To be aware of your emotions mm. and how did you even learn to communicate that with one another as you grew in your relationship? Wow, I think it's a really big question, but maybe let's start with working on your own identity. I think that's a really important mm part of knowing your emotions. Firstly, I think if you don't know who you are, whose you are, it's hard to even start getting in touch with your emotions because sometimes people build an identity around people, around different things, mm. around how much money they have. Mm. And when they attach their worth to perishables or things that don't last, it kind of builds a wall or a facade around them of who they are. And that keeps them out of right. their internal emotions because they base their happiness on whether how many friends do I have, mm. how many people gave me compliments, you know, without understanding that none of these things will last. Whereas if you come from a place where you learn to understand yourself more like what makes me happy or who am I actually, what mm -hmm. is my identity, then you start becoming secure in yourself. Mm -hmm. And when you're secure, you're less likely to have emotional meltdowns because mm -hmm. you're very in touch with who you are, you know, you're comfortable being yourself. Your identity is not tied to anything. For me, I think the most important thing is like engaging your story, even as a single and then preparing for marriage. Even in marriage, if you've never done it, like it's never too late to like begin to start with engaging your own story and what Evan said like who are you and what do you stand for and what is your story what was your past like what was your history your family everything builds to who you are now and, and, and you build upon everything right nothing is lost and so if we can engage not just our milestones our happy moments but also the sad moments right and how that has shaped us then we can go into you know our relationship being able to engage each other's emotions as well and and connect with each other in an emotional, in a deep, intimate way. Yeah, it's true. I agree with you so much because when we bring our whole self mm. into the relationship, that self-awareness allows us to be ready to engage. When we are confident and secure of ourselves, right? even if we were to feel there will be a level of vulnerability yeah. to share the shortcomings or the weaknesses yeah. we are aware of ourselves, we are not afraid that it would be taken or used against us, yeah. right? Because we yeah. are confident of our identity and also confident of the other party's like intention in engaging with us. I really wanted to hear your share that as a starting point before we even talk about then how we can, you know, discuss further about the emotions that we face, right? Because it really stems from that place of security, you know, individual identities, mm. then in the building into the marriage. Even as you have, you know, shared a bit about some of the difficult emotions you have faced or even just being real about. I recall the example you shared, you know, when you call me sleepy, I actually didn't feel comfortable with it. Mm. That is already allowing yourself to feel so vulnerable with each other. 
right? Mm-hmm. Rather than just like, uh, sweeping under the carpet. Share with us, how do you express or convey your emotions with one another? Obviously, I try to say it as nicely as possible. Like, being <laughs> this way, if it doesn't get it, like, the tone goes up a little bit. <laughs> I try not to, like, vent or really get upset at her because obviously, I know that I don't want to say things I don't mean. And yeah, I think it's just, like, telling her. But I think also waiting for her to be in the right space of mind. If she's busy on her computer or she says, I want some me time, I know that she's not interested in engaging <laughs> with me and I need to give her that space until she's ready to engage with me. But it's all about learning to communicate. So I think this is something I realized about her. Like, because she's an extrovert, she always needs to be around people. But then sometimes at home, she's on a phone and she doesn't want to be disturbed. It's like, do not disturb button is there. Yeah. And I know that if I try to like talk to her, she'd be like, what? <laughs> And so I realized, okay, this is her me time. She needs that space to wind off and I give her that space. And when she's in a better state, then I'm able to talk to her. Yeah, but this comes through like knowing each other, knowing when's a good time, when's not a good time. And that's just part of marriage life. Yeah, I do tell you that. I'm like, it's my me time. Don't disturb me. (laughs) How about you, Estelle? How do you convey your emotions to him? Marriage is one of the most rewarding things in life. Yet, navigating marriage as newlyweds or an engaged couple can sometimes get overwhelming. Whether it's managing expectations of the in-laws, getting a good grasp of your family finances, or establishing good habits of communication and healthy conflict. Focus on the Family Singapore's Marriage Preparation Program aims to help you build a solid foundation in the early years and prepare you for the adventure of your life. Visit family.org.sg slash C2 Marriage Prep for more information today. Sometimes it can play out in like behavior, how I act. I mean, he can tell also like when I'm more affectionate, I'm more tender to him, I'm more, you know, I hug him more and whereas like if I'm not, then he knows, oh, you know, is something okay? You know, is there everything okay? Is something wrong? So you can tell like when you, on days where you feel more connected and days where you don't feel as connected. So trying to like process also why I feel more disconnected and then when I process it, I usually bring it to him. So I think one thing that we also tried to follow was that when we do have an issue with one another, instead of like immediately dumping it on the person, like, hey, you, I see this problem with you, you know, but we sort of process it on our own first. And usually when we process it on our own, we see our own fault and like how we might have contributed to that behavior. When we bring it on the table, it's like more of like a team thing rather than a you thing and like attacking each other. So again, Another important thing is like how you come into that conversation without um, attacking the person, mm-hmm. right? You, we use the word I instead of you, you mm-hmm. know, I'm sure you guys know this way to communicate and connect with one another saying like, you know, I feel this way when this happens. I feel like you love the dogs more. <laughs> no, yeah. I feel like the dogs get more love. It's, it's so hard sometimes mm-hmm. to like, when you're in your head, you're like, oh my gosh, how do I replace the you with the I? But <laughs> you find a way to do it so that the person doesn't get defensive. Yeah, I think one of the things that I've been learning from her is, let's give an example. It's like, how come you spend so much money on this? And then she'll be like, no, I bought it for us. Wow. <laughs> Good reframe. Yeah. Yeah, you know, it's yes. it's now we're working as a team. Like the decisions we make, it's we are part of a team. If I make a bad decision, we make the bad decision together. We take responsibility together. I cannot be like, what? 
why did you make such a bad decision, you know? It's because mm-hmm. now two of us have become one. Like, her decision mm-hmm. is my decision. Preferentially, we consult each other before making bigger decisions. Yeah, and it actually does avoid a lot of conflict when we always make sure we have unity in the decisions we make because then no one can blame each other to say like, see like you bought this or see like you decided to do this investment. We waste all this money, waste we, everything we decide, we go in together. Nobody can blame the other person. It's kind of like 50-50. She has veto powers. If I veto, I mean, she, I don't think she'll go ahead of it. If yeah. she says no, even though I think it's a really good investment, if she doesn't have the peace about it, um, I won't go in because obviously I think our unity is more important than making a good investment. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, and that's good, right? Because unity doesn't mean uniformity, which means to say it's still there's still room to express differences in views. Mm. Yeah, at the same time, the openness to hear each other's like opinions and then come together and say, okay, what works best for us right? Yeah. because we want to do this as a team which actually ties in very close to our frequently asked question for mm. this episode because one of the couples asked I get really riled up and reactive when my wife overspends on our credit card which causes her to retreat and then <laughs> begin a cold war I would really love for us to sit down and have a nice productive conversation to resolve this problem once and for all but how can I do it? Any thoughts? Well, see I have no issue with her because for some reason she has such low limits on her credit card sometimes <laughs> we want to make purchases and it gets rejected and like you've exceeded your limit for the month so I'm just like why didn't you put a higher limit and she's like because she doesn't track her spending so she puts a low limit so she knows she'll never overspend whereas for me I mean I have the max limit because that's what the bank has given me and I think what I think they can do is actually before our marriage we actually sat down to discuss our finances how we want to use it how we're going to use it and some people have the idea let's get a joint bank account so us, we, we don't have a joint bank account. We just put money wherever we get more interest, you know, and if <laughs> yeah. I need money or she needs money, like, we don't mind just transferring we each other. It's like, it's our money. <laughs> but I think talking about how you use it is important, you know, like, what you can afford. I think financial planning is important. I think as long as you have agreement with how you use it, it's not a big deal. Yeah. I think with this question, obviously, first of all, like the red flag is how the husband responds, right? I mean, you can't expect a nice, calm response or nice, productive reply from your wife when you are like being reactive and riled up. And what Evans has mentioned before, it's like finding a good time to talk about it and talking about it in a calm and giving the person the benefit of the doubt, right? Mm. Saying that, you know, I'm sure you are like thinking properly before you spend, you know, but I just want to know what's your thinking when you are making these purchases. How come it's going over the amount? Just want to understand. And I think with that understanding, I'm sure they will be able to come up with a solution. (laughs) I just thought of something. I think there were days where I looked at her credit card bill. I saw like $400 for eyelashes. (laughs) And I'm like, what? That's ridiculous, you know? And then I'm like... And she didn't overspend. She kept within her limit. Well, it wasn't overspend. But I just thought that she just paid for something that wasn't worth it. Like... It looks the same to me and then I think I just had to realise that okay, if it's important to her, you know, I mean, as husbands, I'm, it's my duty to love my wife. If that's what makes her happy, you know, I'm, I'm very happy to let her spend that $400, you know. So I think loving your (laughs) wife also looks like supporting her in what she loves, what she's Mm. interested in. It's not like putting a financial care, oh no, I don't think this is worth it. I mean, for her, she thinks, wow, it's worth that $400. But Mm. for me, I'm like, okay, if that's what makes her happy, I'm very happy that she's able to to spend it. But at the same time, I know that she's very prudent with how she spends. Like, she's not going to spend an insane amount. And we realise, oh, at the end of the month, we can't pay the bill. Like, how are we going to pay it? 
I'm right. gonna have to take more loans or yeah she's sensible which she, she spends within the means I think that was one thing that we might have had major differences when we were like dating because oh, spending habits yeah because I don't spend a lot and she spends a lot more than me mm. I guess we started dating we had to come to consensus like what is middle ground for both of us it does sound like as I hear you share it really requires us to take a look at it comprehensively which means mm. not to just zoom in on one purchase and like you know make a big deal out of it but recognizing our spouse's intent and behavior and mm. trusting that we share the hopes to build the collective good oh. and because of that even though for example in this <laughs> you have <laughs> pointed out that there was a huge expense but yeah. in totality actually you know or you can trust that she would actually be very prudent in making wise choices on a whole and hence this one special expense would be something that's more unique or rather uh, a choice that she has made because it matters to her. So maybe even in response to this couple, it's really in recognizing and hearing out the big picture, right? Like, you know, as yeah. I think Estelle alluded, finding out, you know, oh, can you share with me what was the intent of your purchase? Or why does it really matter to you, etc. Versus yeah. responding or reacting to just one isolated incident. But then at yeah. the same time, if it's going to be a chronic behavior, it okay. remains unaddressed, then it really results in something that is a huge conflict, right? So it shouldn't be left unaddressed. Any other thoughts as we conclude this topic about strategy in responding to our overreactions? I think communication is key. You just need to talk it out and find some middle ground, you know, reach some compromises. If let's say she spends $400 on eyelashes, I'll say, okay, I will just we eat less in restaurants. Very simple. <laughs> <laughs> we eat Taipan for the whole month. <laughs> yeah, I mean... Yeah, I mean, I don't mind like, you know, making making that sacrifice for my wife. <laughs> you make it sound like it's a big thing. No, I'm not kidding. But initially, when I first saw that, that $400, I was like, what's this? And she was like, eyelashes. Yeah, I got a shock. Like, yeah, like, so it's probably something I should have like raised to you first before I made the purchase. So it's also things like that that we're learning. We're like, okay, like this is so important. And actually, there was another incident where I bought like this laundry cart on Shopee. It wasn't the expense, but it was the space that it took up in the house. That he was really yeah. upset about he was like you should have consulted me this takes up a big space in the house we have such little space mm. and then I was like yeah. oh I'm sorry I mean it was a cheap purchase but I didn't expect the space also mattered to you mm. so it's like okay next time if it's a big large item that takes up space in the house I also need to consult you <laughs> things like that it's interesting you shared that because it highlights how we value different things right yeah. so I think it sounds like Evans actually values probably a clean space like not to be too cluttered correct yeah and also practicality it sounds yeah. like He's yeah. a very practical person. Whereas maybe aesthetics yeah. or something that is more... I mean, apart from it being functional, I, yeah. I believe, you know, when it looks nice, mm -hmm. it's something that really goes up your alley. Yeah, so even yeah. having these conversations, <laughs> it's very telling, right? Because we are not just reacting to the action, but I think underlying it, the reactions are stemming from different values uh, in right. terms of whether it's functionality or aesthetics. Such different this. perspectives, right. right? But he has a really good strategy I would recommend all husbands, which is... <laughs> I feel what? like he has this reverse psychology, right? I mean, I don't think he plans for it to be reverse psychology, but the fact that if there's anything that I really, really want, and he will say, if you really, really, really want it, you can you can buy it, you know? And then it makes me feel like, oh, he's letting me buy it. It's okay, I, you know, I should save the money, you know, save it for us. <laughs> so I end up not buying it because whereas if the husband's always saying, no, no, don't buy, don't buy, you know, save, you know, we don't have money for that. Then the more the wife might be like, oh, like, you know, might get, you know, I want a revenge buy or whatever. <laughs> but my husband's always like, okay, we really, 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 really want it. You can buy it. If it makes you really happy, you can buy it. Then I feel so tender. I'm like, 
you know what, maybe I don't need it, you know? Like, you have the option to say, actually, I don't want to buy it anymore. So I think that's a really good strategy. I feel like it's a reverse psychology that you play. I think it's a strategy. Play. It's just that I don't <laughs> mind. Like, if, it, if it really matters to her, it matters to me. Okay, and I was really caveat to our listeners that when I'm hearing the couple share this, they're not, they're really not being, like, you know, sarcastic about it because I can tell from their dynamics that there is this sincerity to really just want to serve each other and what I'm hearing is really just putting the interests of the other party before our own. Yeah, and it's such a joy to even see this interaction here. It's so cute. <laughs> yeah, well, thanks so much for sharing that. I think as we wrap up, Evans and Estelle, thanks so much for walking us through the murky waters of overreactions and I believe we have all benefited from listening and learning from your experience and practical tips. You know, in every episode, we encourage our listeners to wrap up with a couple challenge. So today, if you're listening with your spouse, we encourage you to take five minutes to share with each other one common trigger you have noticed in yourself. Thereafter, take time to share with each other your reflections. So in closing, Evans and Estelle, is there any other words that you'd like to leave with our listeners to encourage them? Communicate well, prioritize the other person's needs above yours. Um, you will have less conflicts. And I would say, you know, like, be brave to engage your story. Thank you so mm. much. That's so encouraging. We hope you have enjoyed this episode and if you're looking out for more practical resources to grow your marriage, do visit our website at www.family.org.sg to browse our articles or check out our upcoming marriage programs. We hope you have followed and subscribed to our Connect2 podcast or share this episode with a friend who may also benefit from it. So thank you for tuning in and until next time, take care of yourself and your spouse.